Um, all right. Uh, hey, I haven't started yet. No heckling yet. Um, so for the last three or four weeks, uh, we've been having a, a series, and we've been talking about if you uh, label yourself a believer, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, that means that you believe something. And so we've been kind of getting into some detail about what it is you are actually claiming to believe. And um, the bottom line on this is if in anything we've laid out, you don't actually believe it, you're not a Christian. So if, if, if you've been all your life, I grew up in a Christian home, or I've always gone to church, but you know, you're... You can't, okay. Right, the mic. Seriously, you guys can hear me? All right, let's go back. Uh, um, yeah, the ones, the ones that need to hear me heard me. Um, so if, if you've been living your whole life, you've, you've been claiming the title of Christian, but there's anything we've laid out in the last few weeks that you can't say you honestly believe um, in word and in action... Um, remember, belief means that your life and your actions should reflect what you say you believe, then there's a good chance you've been mislabeling yourself. Uh, and the first thing we talk about, and then basically this salvation process, this salvation thing we talk about, breaks out into kind of three separate processes. Uh, the first we shared was justification. That's where God looks at you in, uh, in all your lack of glory and all your brokenness and says, you know what? That's mine, and I love it, and I'm, I'm not willing that this one should be separated from me. So God, in his infinite wisdom and grace and goodness, uh, set about a system where he paid the price. He offered up the death that was rightly yours, so that you as his child should never be separated from him in this life or the next. Justification. Next process is an ongoing process. It's a process that must be engaged in called sanctification. And basically, it's like a cleaning process. It's like where God takes grubby old you, and over the course of a lifetime, with your interaction, is cleaning you and making you into that new creation you said you were going to be. Now, we wanted to be real clear that there's nothing in this that you are working for. You're not earning anything. But sanctification is an active process that you need to be playing a part in. Uh, it's it's kind of like this. You and God working together. It's, it's like when you go and get a haircut. You sit there in the chair, but periodically the barber, the stylist may say, okay, can you just tip your head forward? Okay, can you turn your head a little bit? You're not doing a whole lot in this process. That person is doing the majority of the work but you're still a part of it. That's the same thing as sanctification. You, in conjunction with God, are working together to perfect yourself, to make yourself new, to make you less like you and more like Jesus. That is the step in this process that far too often church tends to just kind of kick to the curb. And I don't know if it's because we feel like you know, once we got you to walk down an aisle, anything more would be asking too much. But I know for me personally, in my own life, 
there was a time, there was a point where I came to, I realized my need for Jesus, and I, I said a prayer, and then I walked an aisle, and I got baptized. I took part, I took hold of that justification that he made available to me. And then I spent about 10 years doing nothing. I was going to church, I was in choirs, I was working in youth group, I was doing these religious things, but the sanctification process wasn't actually taking place. And so I get 10 years down the road, and I look at myself, and I have to ask, if Jesus is true, if Jesus is a man of his word, why 10 years on, after meeting with him, after inviting him into my life, am I still essentially the same person? If you look at your life and the time that has passed between now and back when you accepted Jesus and you look and you honestly say, you know what, more or less, I'm the same person with the same problems, the process broke. You've been sitting around, God's been waiting to go to work and he's waiting on you and you're just sitting there. God doesn't magically, God doesn't magically change you just because you said a prayer. When you say the prayer and invite God in, that's when God says, all right, let's get to work. If you're going or not, then God just kind of waits patiently for you to engage. All right, so I want to make sure we're clear about that. Today, we're talking about glorification. It's, uh, you know what, the word is not actually as awesome as the actual idea. This is the final step in that process. Salvation, justification, sanctification, glorification. That's where we're headed for. When we think about heaven, when we think about going to heaven, that's glorification. Um, I want to make something real clear right now. And this may break your heart, or it may give you a newfound sense of joy. Um, there is not going to consist of halos, harps, and wings. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, we don't actually turn into angels. Anybody, everybody still with me? I know, some of you are like, <laughs> sorry, the angels are angels, and we're us, and they're not the same, but the us, the reality of us, in glory, is actually so much better. Because i got to say, and I hope I don't go to hell right now for saying it, uh, front row, watch out for the lightning. <laughs> the idea of sitting around for all eternity, like in a stadium, like, like we're in a stadium, and God's kind of in the middle of the field, and we're just all singing forever. Oh, no, please. I mean, no, don't get, I mean, sure, the singing's going to be awesome for a while. And, you know, there's some of you here that you're like, Wow, if that's what heaven could be, it would be great. Because, you know, you've got to figure after the course of eternity, you know, probably you're going you're gonna to get into some acapella. There'll be some hip-hop. You know, there's like 50% of you, just the idea of sitting in heaven, watching you rap about the glory of God is awesome. I'm definitely showing up on that day. But, you know, it's, it's not kind of a compelling vision. But fortunately, God has so much in store for us in glory. So here's kind of three things in, in this glorification process that, that I kind, of, kind of jumped out at me that I really want to make sure you have hold of. Um, first thing, glory, the glorification 
is achieved at the end of the sanctification process. It's like graduation day. And, uh, and we're going to come back to this. I'm going to give you a really, a really good visual representation of this process. But um, once we've turned ourselves over to Jesus, we've invited him in, and then we've said, Lord, here I am. I am yours. Do with me what you will. The final result of that process is glorification, is being made new, and this glorious new thing but you have to go through the process first. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Yeah, it's a two-edged sword. You know, there's going to be glory. We're going to be glorified. We're going to get to heaven. <laughs> but there's a certain amount of hell we've got to go through first. And, uh, and to be quite honest, you know, the sanctification process, this, this process God puts us through of changing us, and the way I always think about it, the way I always say it, is making us less like us and more like Jesus that can be a painful process. Because in the course of that reshaping, that cleansing, that transformation, some of God's greatest tools are hardship and pain and heartbreak and suffering. And we don't want to think about that. We don't want it to be like that. But he promises, you know what? If you go through a little bit of difficulty now, a little bit of hardship now, the end result is so amazing that you look back on the hardship you came through and you don't just say, well, you know what? Uh, I, at least I got through it and now I'm to the good stuff. You actually look back and go, you know what? Every, every heartbreak, every tear, every loss was worth it. And looking back, I would not change a thing. Suffering is part of the process, but it's important. Because we are joint heirs with Jesus. We are like adopted into God's family. And that adoption bestows on us all the gifts. All that's due us. Everything that Jesus got as a result of being the son of God, we get. And there will be no difference. It's not going to be like, wow, Jesus is the real kid. And you're all stepkids. No, it's just we're all his kids. And we're all brothers and sisters. And we're all brothers and sisters to Jesus. And whatever he's got, we got. Um, uh, too many, maybe too many times. And I was, tempted, I was tempted to show the video again. But I wanted to show the other one I chose. We've seen the video of, uh, of the guy where God goes to work on him. And God's going to work on him with his hammer and chisel. And he's like, ow, stop it. Ow, that hurts. Yeah. Yeah, the process of becoming less like Jesus, uh, less like me and more like Jesus, going to hurt. And there's going to be times when you tell God to stop. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I, I don't want to go through this. I would rather just be me and forget this whole thing. But if our faith holds strong, the suffering results in glory. So, here's where things get awesome. 
Another aspect of glorification is bodily perfection. Okay. I may overstate that a little bit. I am not saying, though I certainly haven't ruled out hope, that we all get to heaven and we all got six packs. <laughs> I mean, you know, fingers crossed and all. But, but whatever shape we take, it will be the best form of you you've ever been. You physically, and I say physically because, you know, we're going to have a body, but it's a spiritual body, so I don't know if there's a, a physical aspect to it, but the form, the suit our spirit indwells is going to be amazing. And, and it's going to, you know, people, well, will we be able to know each other when we get to heaven? Yeah, because you're still going to be you, but you're going to be like the best version of you you've ever been. And I'm not going all Tony Robbins here. I mean, this is actually going to happen. Remember, um, remember Jesus comes back and, uh, and, and they're looking at him and his, his robes are like glowing white and he's got like the, the Pantene shine to his hair and his beard is oiled and he just looked, I mean, he kept the, like the nail holes. But other than that, he is like centerfold ready. That's us. You are... Okay, okay, okay. All right, okay. Going all Joe Pesci here. 1 Corinthians 15, 42. You can have a good time in church. You can smile and you can laugh and you can be happy and you can be joyful. I'll just throw that out there right now. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. And that's wrong, because that's not at all what you're looking at right now. <laughs> so is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body as it is raised in a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. When you get to heaven, now, I make the the kingdom of heaven is here and now. You can already be dwelling in God's kingdom. But when you die and you go there, you get a new body that we have just been told is one, it's imperishable. You get a new body that don't die. That's kind of awesome. You get a new body that is glorious. I don't know what your definition of having a glorious body is, but it's going to be. We get a new body that is raised in power. You're going to be eternal, glorious, and powerful. What? We're like Superman and Wonder Woman, folks. That good. As I was thinking about this, and I don't, I don't often think about you know what heaven's going to be like because you know someday I'll be there. Fingers crossed. And uh, and you know I have I have more important things to think about now. But as I was working on this, I got to thinking about what heaven's like. I know what heaven's like. 
I, as a matter of fact, right here, right now, I am willing to put money down on this. I am making a bet with every single one of you. If I am wrong, you can come collect from me when we're there. <laughs> Heaven is running. You get I think like when we get to heaven, there's got to be like an introductory, like preschool class for the new arrivals. Because we're going to be useless. We're just going to be running. We're going to be running and rolling and tumbling and cartwheeling. Anybody that to right here, right now, could do a cartwheel? I am so tempted to bring you up, but I'm not going to. <laughs> But I kind of feel like it would be kind of a John Belushi sort of thing. And that makes it really cool. Um, how many of you... Okay, once upon a time, we could, I, I could never cartwheel. Even in the tumbling part in like elementary school, I couldn't cartwheel. I fell on my face a lot, you can tell. But when we get there, we have these new bodies, and we're going to remember, you know what? I haven't run since I was like eight years old. And we're all of a sudden going to have these bodies that are glorious and powerful. Bodies that don't have bad knees or bad backs or asthma or heart conditions or cancer. Bodies that don't get worn out. Bodies that aren't carrying an extra 20, 30, 90 pounds. Bodies that do what we want them to do, the way we want them to do it, and we're just going to get there and we're going to be like preschoolers and we're just going to run around. Not because we're trying to get somewhere, but because we can. Because we forgot what it was like to be able to do that. And in the glory suit, we're going to run, we're going to jump, we're going to tumble. You know what? It says we got power, and we got the same kind of power as Jesus, so I'm thinking we're going to be running on water. See, I don't know if it's practical, but it seems like a thing. I mean, I'm certainly looking forward to it. You are going to have this glorious new body, and, and it's going to be put to use, because we're not just laying around on clouds strumming our harps. We are active, vital beings with powerful bodies that can do everything we once did and forgot we could do. And, you know, don't you just wish, aren't there just sometimes you look at little kids and you just, oh man, if only I had that kind of energy. Oh man, if I could just run like that without that crunching noise in my, knee, noise in my knees. Ah, oh, if only I could run like that without like every 15 seconds doing the You know, there's not going to be any of that. And of course, you know, the Bible tells us there's going to be no weeping and crying and there's going to be no death. There's going to be no heartbreak. There's going to be no fear. It's going to be glorious. And see, and see, that's what glorious looks like to the point where I kind of think if glorious ever gets used outside of that context, we're using it wrong. Because nothing in this human sphere of life is actually glorious. Except for maybe those, those final moments. And you know, you hear those stories periodically of, of people who are like right, right on the, the verge of passing from one life to the next, and they, they see, and they hear, and, and they're talking, and you just know, man, they're there already. And it's one of the great things the Bible tells us is that we as followers, we as glorified children of God, we don't taste of death. There's going to be no sting, there's going to be no pain. Uh, great, brilliant man. 
uh, Dallas Willard uh, once said that uh, his view of, of dying is like when you're a child and, and you fall asleep. And, th and then the next thing, you, maybe, you know, you fall asleep in the car, fell asleep on the couch in front of the TV. And the next thing you know, you're, you're waking up in your bed with the sunshine coming through the windows and it's a beautiful new day. That's what death is going to be like. That's what we have in store for us. If we claim that justification, if we engage in that sanctification, if we get to taste of glory. All right. So there's a little bit of hard time to go through in order to get there. Once we get there, it's going to be awesome. Three might not sound awesome at the moment, but wait for it. We get to participate in the kingdom. We play an active role in the administration of God's creation. What? Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Reigning is what kings do. Reigning is an active process of exerting control over a kingdom. We, as children of the king, are going to play an active role in administering that kingdom. And I have no idea what that looks like or what it means. But I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it's going to be awesome. Because the sense I get is that every one of us is going to have a job, a specific task, a specific something that we alone are responsible for. Now, I've, I've, I'm doing the math, I'm thinking about the total number of people that are going to be in heaven, which I have no idea what that's going to be. And I'm thinking of the total number of jobs that can be available in running the entire creation of creation. I have no idea how many that's going to be. But it would seem like you would run out of people before you would run, or you would run out of jobs before you run out of people. No. There is a job, there is a task, there is a, a, a tiny kingdom, a little bit of reigning that has been set aside for you personally to do from the foundation of the world. See, we know, the Bible tells us, each one of us has spiritual gifts. We have, we have certain gifts and talents and abilities that God has impressed on us, God has given to us for the service of the church. But I think serving the church is on-the-job training. I think using our spiritual gifts here and now to serve the church and the world is an internship to practice the skills we will employ in our part of reigning over God's creation. Whatever it is you're gifted to do will find its ultimate expression in your eternal job in an eternal glory. And it will not be like a, uh, I have to go back to work and supervise the flowers. I don't know. Maybe, maybe having flowers need more supervision. I don't know. I don't know. But it's not going to be a job you hate. It's literally going to be the job 
where every day you get to do it, it's so awesome, it's not really a job. And you're going to be doing it in partnership with God. And I think periodically, there's going to be, there's going to be like staff meetings, and we get together with God, and it's like, oh God, we had another great week. Those flowers, they're wily, they're crazy, but I got control of them. And God's going to look, and he's going to say, good job. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I put you in charge of this thing. That's going to be amazing. Think about it. All the way back to the beginning, that's what this whole process is. Justification and sanctification, glorification, is restoring us to this original picture of the relationship God wanted with us. If you go back to the garden before things got bad, we walked with God. We talked with God. We had jobs to do. Adam was in charge of naming all the animals. Because part of, part of his problem, part of that relationship was having a job to do. In glory, in eternity, that relationship is fully restored, including our role in running the universe. 1 Corinthians 6, 2-3. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? Somehow, some of us, all of us, in the end, when God brings everything together... You know, it tells the parable of, of when he separates the, the goats from the sheep. Maybe he puts us aside, and then he says, all right, we need to judge what to do with the rest. Gotta say, of all that heaven may entail, that part doesn't sound that awesome. Because, you know, if you say, oh, sorry, going to hell... People aren't going to like you, and I personally don't like when people don't like me, so maybe God will have me doing something like I'll be making coffee. I don't know. You guys can judge. I'll make coffee. Sounds good to me. But we are going to be active participants in glorious new bodies after a process that we look back on and go, every hardship, every trial was totally worth it to get me where I am now. I really, I really want to make sure you get this. Some of you are our hearers. Some of you are readers. Some of you need to see. So I have a little video I want to show you. This is what the salvation process, justification, glorification, uh, sanctification, this is what it looks like. It's way better with sound. So, uh, how, how about uh, those hurricanes? Those are pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they're like uh, they're like tornadoes, but with water. So that's that's pretty bad. Um, all right, well, I'm riffing here. Um, next week, and we haven't talked too much about it, so I don't know exactly what it has in mind, 
But based on what we talked about the last few weeks, <laughs> you know, let's just run with that in case things change. That's exactly, exactly what we've been talking about. And, and I, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to diminish our importance to God, but just as far as analogies go, it's like God found us in the garbage. Dirty, grimy, worn out, broken. And God said, I am not willing to let that one go because that one is one of my favorites. So I will pay the price to get that one back. And then he goes about the, 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 the process. The process that can't be rushed because it is art. The lifelong process of restoring us to perfection. No, that doesn't mean painting your bald spot. I'm sorry. It's just an analogy. But making us new. Making us better. Looking, looking at the brokenness. Looking at the dirtiness. Looking at the worn out. Looking at the heartbreak. And repairing all of it. And then at the end of the process, putting us back in a glorious new place. And being well pleased about it. And just in case you haven't seen the movies, these, these toys come to life. Right after this process here, when, when the people leave the room, little Sheriff Woody there breaks out of his case, and he starts running around. He starts looking at himself, and he's amazed by the glorious new creation he is. And that's just exactly what it's going to be like for us. That is just exactly what is waiting somewhere down the road for you. And it may be a long process. 
because art takes time. It may have been a painful process so far, and there may be more pain and more suffering and more heartache to endure, but at the end, in the final analysis, you will look back on it and you will say, it has all been worth it, and I would not change a thing. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for hopefully this, this small glimpse of the glory that awaits and of the amazing future that your plans hold in store for us. It is our prayer this morning, Father, that wherever we may be in this process, you would help us, you would encourage us, you would strengthen us to move on to the next step. Help us, if we never had before, to make this the day we accept what you did on the cross. Let this be the day that we turn ourselves over to you and say, Dear God, for better or for worse, from this day forward, I am yours. Do with me as you will. And if we have met you at the cross, Father, I pray that this would be the day we say, You know what? I'm not content to sit idly by anymore. I'm not content to wait for something. God, I put myself in your hands. Show me what we need to do. And if you have been justified and you are being sanctified, I pray that this day, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what those around you are going through, you can look with confidence and surety to the future and know that there is a glorious new day somewhere down the road. And that we would each be inspired to share that message with those around us who need it because they live in a lost, broken, and dying world. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And may we all walk from this place, in this day, with God at our sides, putting ourselves into his hands and saying, Lord, as you will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.